Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? <laughs> this is the Really Riley Podcast. Woo! Hello, beloveds. Happy Thursday. Welcome back to Really Riley. So excited to have you guys around these here parts. If you're new, welcome. If you're not, welcome back. Um... If you're new around here, this is the corner of my world that I like to talk about all things real, all things I'm obsessed with. We do a little bit of reviews of products. We talk about some pop culture. We talk about very serious things like trauma and fun and wonderful, exciting things like manifestation. We basically go through the gamut of all things, but I always try to keep it real, raw, and honest around these here parts. And I'm excited because in yesterday's Ask Riley, which is where I get to answer all the questions that you guys want to know, somebody said, are you going to talk more about Vanderpump Rules? Well, ask and ye shall receive because there's been a lot of really great things going on here on the podcast and I haven't really gotten to get to it. So I figured like this is one of my favorite things to chat about because also in my former life as a radio co-host for 15 years, that was part of my job to talk about pop culture. So figured we ought to get back into that a little bit. Um... I have to admit that I've been a little annoyed with this season of Vanderpump Rules. It's season 11. It's crazy to think that these people have like grown up literally on the screen, which is like because they weren't that young to begin with. They're all like 37. So they were in like late 20s. So they weren't like children. But the drama that has ensued, but nothing more dramatic than last season. And I think that they're trying really hard, like the Bravo like executives and all of like the editors are trying really hard to top last season because they got an Emmy for this thing. But it, I don't know. Some people are changing. Some egos are getting bigger. Some egos have not changed. And I'm just like, whoa. So I want to talk about Ariana Maddox. I really do dig her. I think she's amazing. I think what was done to her in terms of the whole scan of all thing is bullshit. I think that 
She has got the glow up like nobody else in the entire cast, which I think is amazing. And she deserves all of it. I mean, she just extended her Broadway run with Chicago for two more weeks because of popular demand. I mean, that's fucking Broadway. And she's wanted to do like acting and improv and all that stuff forever. I think she went to school for that, too. So great for her. And date set for April 7th. Side note, if you are in the New York area and you want to go. Um, she had like a Duracell endorsement. She did Dancing with the Stars, which I think she should have won. She had that cocktail book that she read, like single as fuck cocktails. You know, she's got this something about her sandwich shop. Who knows when that's ever going to open, but I'm not a small business owner in a restaurant sense. So I get there's like snafus and things that get in the way. But there's the scene with the latest episode, the one that went down on February 6th, I think it was, or this week's episode that I watched. Basically, they're all in a group and Swartz shows up. Tom, not like not Tom Sandoval, but Tom Swartz. I can't say his name. Swartz. Anyway, shows up uninvited to their little powwow of a group and everybody's kind of shunning him or whatever. And he's trying to invite them on a trip, which you damn well know these trips on Bravo are like provided by Bravo. They don't have the money for this. And Lisa Vanderpump says, oh yeah, I'm going to, you know, open up my new restaurant, Wolf, which is actually a amazing name for a restaurant. But, you know, you can come with and I'll, you know, I'll set you up and he's inviting the whole group, which is basically, you know, set up by Bravo for this drama. And Ariana is like, you know what? I decided a long time ago that I was giving up on you, that you're a lost cause. You'll never change. You'll always be Sandoval's flunky. And my life is better for it. Well, it seems as though Schwartz has grown some balls because he would like, he's usually the pushover, but he's like a sly, sly snake kind of in a sense, because when he claps back, he really does. Um, But he said, okay, you don't speak on behalf of the group. You're not the queen of the group. Come on. Your ego is getting a little like, come on. And I swear to you, I say like a lot. And because of this show, I need to reel that in because the amount of time, if I had a dollar for every time, like you should do a drinking game. Next time you watch Vanderpump Rules, take a sip every single time you like, or whatever, like eat some chocolate every single time they say like, you're either going to like get a lot of calories in or you're going to be tipsy as fuck by the end of that. But Katie, his ex-wife, of course, clips it and she's like, well, she can say that. She can say, you know, whatever she wants because she does speak for the group. We all feel that way. Eh. I think a lot of them have gotten on this bandwagon that I don't think is fair for Schwartz. I do think Schwartz hit a lot of the cheating because, you know, Tom was his boy. They had a business together. And now I think the only reason that Tom is kind of like tapered off, but now they're doing podcasts together and they're fine. But when this was being filmed he was like trying to distance himself, which I think that part was for TV. But Tom and everybody is saying that Ariana, it all went to her head. Like there's even a clip that we haven't seen this episode yet where Lala says, you know, I've never seen anybody who gets cheated on and then suddenly becomes God. That was a heavy statement. And when she was asked about it, she was like, well, you know what? That statement did what we wanted it to do and got you to want to watch and we know how to create good TV. I don't know though. Lala doesn't seem like the one to mince words. It seems like she said what she said and now she's trying to kind of like reel it in and not tell, you know, not create waves with Ariana or whatever. And then she was trying to like text Rachel or whatever. I don't know. That's a whole separate, separate talk, talking point. But do I think that Ariana has gotten a big head about her? Um, 
I think she's always kind of had a big head about her, no? Because, I mean, if you remember the episodes in yesteryear, long-ass time ago, when her and Tom first got together, somebody said something about her, and she's like, I mean, whatever. Like, I'm the coolest person I've ever met. You know, like, I'm the smartest, coolest person I've ever met. She later said that she regretted saying that statement. And I haven't, like, really seen anything of her that makes her think that she's, like, Queen Bee. Um, is she taking full advantage of, like, people downing Sandoval? Yeah, and honestly, as she should, because if somebody did that shit to me, uh, I think at least, because it's been a year. It's been just a year. So when this was being filmed, it was, like, three or four months. So I don't think she's in any way, shape, or form over it. I don't think he is either. But do I think that she's taking advantage of it? No, because I think in that situation, I might still be feeling that way, too. I mean, she reacted to what Schwartz said about her. What episode? This is on BravoTV.com. She said, oh, where is it? She said, I don't understand how working jobs translate to my ego or personality like at all. There's that like again. Like, there's like again. Like, getting up and going to work. Don't these people go to work, she wondered. I don't know what that means. Like, I don't think I'm any cooler than I was before all of this. So she just keeps saying yes to work at or working opportunities and she said i don't think that working hard is something that people like that what i don't think some working hard is something that typically gives people a big ass ego you know i took inventory and was like i have to work my fucking ass off i want our sandwich shop to be successful she said i don't live some sort of glamorous life and i don't think i'm any cooler like i'm not i mean bullshit you don't live in a, a glamorous life because Anybody that's on television gets a lot more things than the average Joe would. So that within itself is glamorous. I guess in this interview, though, Katie came and said, how do you not feel a little cool, though? And she said she knows that if these opportunities keep coming or not, um, you just never fucking know, she said. She just has a little more confidence in that regard. A hundred percent. So I don't know. I don't really think it's like she thinks she's like the queen of the group, like Swartz said. The thing I wanted to make a point of is it's just, I think the two of them, I don't think she's over Tom. I mean, how could you be after nine years? She's got that new boyfriend that I think she's been with for by now. It's probably like 10 months, maybe just under a year. And he treats her like a queen and he seems really great. Awesome. Good for her. But the house situation. So in this episode, we find out that Tom has literally gone so far as to contact his realtor, offer her a letter of intent, like legally, and say that he wants to buy her out of the house and sell it. She doesn't want to sell it. He says, you know, I think it's a great house. One of us should keep it, meaning him. Uh, I put a lot of work into it and da 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 da. And she says, well, you blew up this house. You didn't care about it. So you're not going to blow up our lives and get to keep what we built together like if I was in her shoes would I want to just get out and not live with my ex I mean it's a big house so apparently they don't bump into each other but even as you see in the scenes like their pictures are all still up they have these big like wall size like mosaic photos of them the memories and all of that stuff would I want to keep a house after that uh no like, I wouldn't want to live in it. That wouldn't be me. Um, I've only ever broken up with someone and, like, we had to, like, separate the things once. That was my ex-fiance, like, where it was he had moved into my apartment and then just took his stuff with him. So I stayed there. But a house, a home that you guys bought and built together that Tom 
Sandoval once regarded as like, I'm not going to have kids. I'm not going to get married because Ariana never wanted to, which thank God she didn't with this one. Um, but this house was like my big thing. Would I could understand how she doesn't want him to get to keep it. Or she doesn't want him to be able to keep it because it's like rewarding him. It's like, okay, you're still doing great with your own stuff. He literally has all of these TV jobs that he's doing. Um, he's got like the Tom, what is it? Tom Sandoval and the it, most extras or whatever. He's doing great with his band. Basically everything that he's got going on is fine, except for his relationship with, or lack of a relationship with Raquel. I'm gonna get to that one in a minute. Would I stay there though? They're still living together now, almost like a year later. Then I would start to like put the pressure on, we need to sell this house. I guess she is. She's like having her lawyer handle it. But according to Tom Sandoval, which we take his word with a grain of salt, she doesn't radio silence. And he's like, oh, I'm paying back all of these things that I had to pay for her because she didn't do it. I'm like, bruh, you need to be quiet. I'm gonna get to him too in a minute. But do I think that it's time for maybe Ariana to like just let him have his miserable like life and move on? Maybe. But then again, I've been through a lot of trauma in relationships, but I've never had somebody fuck my best friend in my house. I So I kind of can't fault her for whatever it is that she wants to do to heal or maybe even stick it to him a little bit. You know, I'm no angel shit. If this was me, I might be a little bit more vindictive too. Just saying. So as far as Sandoval, yikes. In this episode, it's like he shows so damn much of his narcissism. It's not even funny. So the episode kind of starts with his like birthday party. And of course, he's got like a lot of hangers on there. Just basically, yes, people that want to get in front of Bravo TV. And Billy Lee, whom was on the show a couple of seasons ago, and you know, she didn't get invited back for whatever reason, was there. And there's been those rumors that the two of them were hooking up, which I absolutely think is true. But she was just, you know, it's not about just Ariana. It's also about your healing and like, I just don't understand how you do this and blow somebody's life up. And like all of a sudden it's about your healing. Do I think he's gone through some shit? Yeah. But I feel like you needed to hit that rock bottom for something that you created. And sure, you're you're able to go through your healing. I don't love that when he has this sit down with Lisa in the episode that he's talking about saying that he had dark days where he didn't want to live. I'm not saying that that's not true, but given that he's been described as a narcissist, I'm not a therapist, so I can't, you know, diagnose. But the fact that he's saying that to Lisa, whom had a brother that committed suicide, like, I don't know, there's just something fishy about that to me that seems like, would you really ever actually go that far? Because you would think a narcissist would think too much of themselves to do that. I can't say whether he would or he wouldn't. But given his lack of remorse for everything, even though he says he's sorry and he cries about it, when he has the ability to show his true colors, and like in this episode when he's talking to James at his birthday party, I, I don't know. I don't trust that man and I don't know him for anything, but you know, we're talking as if we do, cause this is what we do with TV characters or Bravo liberties. Hell no. I wouldn't believe anything he says. I would take, I would, you know, if I was Lisa, I would absolutely do what she's doing and pay attention to it and try, you know, to do what she can to be there for him in that regard. But like with everybody else, 
uh-uh. Like, in this birthday party, James Kennedy shows up and he's just like immediately like, oh, are you going to apologize for the ultimate, you know, betrayal? And then Tom Sandoval's like, well, what about you? I have to apologize and own up for it, but you don't. And he's talking about 10 years ago when James hooked up with Kristen when they were friends and had sex in his bed with his condoms. And then throughout like the, you know, ins and outs of the like the scenes in this episode, Sandoval is going so far back as to talk about like him wiping himself, James Kennedy wiping himself off after sex with his T-shirt. And he kept on going like going on about using his condoms and all this stuff. And I'm like, bruh. It's clinical narcissist sign that when you just deflect in a conversation, you're like, yeah, you're guilty and you're trying to make somebody else feel bad. You're not owning up to what you did. You're just, oh, well, you did this. So blah, 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 blah. Like, no, it's about you apologizing. If you want a separate conversation about that, you should have done it 10 years ago. But like, it's just, ugh, it seems so icky. And then in this episode, Sandoval is also talking about how he's still so very much in love with Raquel. Now, he tries to talk about how he was so there for her and he was this great boyfriend. And, you know, when Sheena was talking about her little relationship with that guy, Nima, who was also on, you know, a Bravo, a Bravo show that, you know, she was begging him to have sex with her. So supposedly Raquel got Rachel, sorry, whatever her name is, got really upset about that. And Tom Sandoval had to like talk her off a ledge. <clears throat> Excuse me. But he says that Raquel just basically like said nothing to him and he didn't do anything wrong. Well, on her podcast, Rachel Goes Rogue, well, well, she says, excuse me, she says that he basically love bombed her and was saying, I've never seen you need something like you need this place. Come home to me, be in all of it. I think he was trying to get her to film because it would be a more interesting story, probably get them both more money, whatever. But she went in on him. She says that the way he got her to fall in love with him was like cult life, cult like behavior. She said, it's interesting that you say in its origin from is from cults and religious institutions because people joining churches or cults are trying to find a place of belonging or acceptance. Okay, I could see that. I mean, she was trying to like belong with James Kennedy. And I think that, the, you know, their, their affair lap, you know, lapsed over. So she went from James Kennedy to Tom Sandoval. But she said, gradually over time, it becomes a control tactic. It's almost like that phrase, a frog in boiling water, where it won't jump out of boiling water, even though it's going to kill them because it's so gradual. She's obviously listening to other people's advice here because she doesn't normally speak like that. But she called his love coercive control. She said during this filming of season 10, he made himself the most important person in her life while filming. I mean, right there, like clinical narcissist. But now Raquel is coming out being very apologetic, whereas at first she wasn't like, I can't figure that one out. I'm kind of glad she's not on this season for her own mental health. And just because like, I feel as though, and this might get me added a couple of times, but whatevs. I don't like it when people use the mental health thing to get them out of doing wrong. Because you can have mental health issues 100%, but then you can have mental health issues and also do wrong things that you mean to do. 
I mean, I've struggled with mental health for a very long time, depression, anxiety, PTSD, all those things. And I've done wrong things before in the midst of all that. But you can't use your mental health as an excuse for everything you do. So Raquel is doing the right thing by getting help with it and realizing it. But I don't think that she's as remorseful at this point as she thinks or that she's trying to portray. And Tom Sandoval 100% is not. Because the minute that he can like fire back at somebody, he will. In the same, you know, episode, this conversation that he had with Sheena, talking about all the things she did on her podcast and talk shit about him. And Sheena's another one that's starting to annoy me. Like she always has. But I feel like she is definitely trying to make this narrative with the whole scan of all thing more about her than it actually is about. You know, because... Nick Vial, I actually am becoming a very big fan of his. It's funny because I wasn't before is talking about how like she's crying about how this was so traumatic for her and blah, 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 blah. But yet there's been so many things for her, like good as gold is like gone back up the charts because of the fact that like she got an Uber commercial with it and she's getting all this like attention on it again and she's benefiting from it. Her podcast is shot up. She's getting all these big hosts or whatever. So everybody's benefiting from it. But when she's like, oh, I miss who he was to me and blah, 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 blah. And then Tom Sandoval saying like, oh, Sheena's just this great friend and I miss her. But yet they will sit there and talk shit about each other to make a dime in five minutes. Again, this is all reality TV we're talking about. And I think it's long past where these friendships were bonafiably like real and close. I think a lot of it's opportunistic, but I don't know. I t- Sandoval needs very intense therapy. I feel like um, is Ariana becoming like the bitchy queen. No, but I think she was always kind of a bitchy queen and she owned it. Like, I don't mean like, you know, she was always very much like, Hey, this is who the fuck I am. I don't care. You know, like she's had her moments where it was like, damn girl, did you really just say that? And I, Hey, from one, did you really just say that chick to another? I respect it, I guess, you know, but I just really like, I can't wait to see how this whole situation pans out from what we've seen with the previews of Sheena making out with Schwartz. Because again, in this episode, she's getting closer to Katie, whom is Schwartz's ex-wife. And she was a bridesmaid in their wedding. And she's all saying like, oh yeah, you know, I should have invited Schwartz out to this emo night that they had in the episode. And Like, that was just old me, Sheena, trying to include everybody, but I just don't want that energy around me. Well, fuck, turns out, like, we heard in the previews that you made out with him at one point. Like, while they were married. And you're shaming Raquel for being this home-wrecking whore, as you say, and I would never do that to my best friend. Like, what? Oh, I can't wait to see how that pans out, for real. Like, I don't know. I really like her husband, Brock, but I wonder what Brock thinks about all that. It's just... It's good TV. I'll give it that because I'm sitting here talking about it for 20, 20 something minutes on my podcast. I just, I really do hope that for Ariana, she stays grounded and doesn't let this go to her head in that sense. And I mean, shit, I think she deserves everybody the attention that she's getting. And, you know, she's capitalized on it, which who wouldn't? Everybody wants to hate on that part, but who wouldn't? If you have the opportunity for growth and as long as you're not hurting anybody in the process, then fucking do it. Sheena, she's doing the same thing, but you can't play both sides of the fiddle. You can't sit there and talk all this kinds of shit and insert yourself in the drama to the point where like, 
oh, I can't look at you because of what you've done, like she said in the last couple of episodes of season 10. And now all of a sudden that it's starting to like wane down and Ariana's getting all this attention, like, I just wonder if they have like a casting director that literally is like, okay, well, here's what I need you to do. Here's the plots. Here's what's happening. Blah, 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 blah. Like, and poor Schwartzy. Like, he just needs to go out like on his own. Like, he needs to not, I mean... like they have a business together and they have a bar named after them tom tom but he i really feel like needs to like go his own way and i just yeah there's a love triangle in there between tom and katie that we haven't seen tom schwartz and katie maloney like there's just a lot so if you guys think i should talk more about this please let me know because as you can see i could go for days about this shit and i love it because it's my podcast now and i do what i want um but yeah, really exciting stuff coming up this weekend. Um, Friday, I have another podcast with Sarah and Natasha. Um, this time, we're going to talk about really, really deep-seated trauma in my past with domestic abuse. And I say that very quickly in that sentence because it's a part of my life that was a very long time ago, but it definitely shaped big chunks of who I am as a human, of how I am as a wife, of just how I am is like in general, like it taught me so much. It took so much from me. There's pieces of me that I will never get back because of this relationship, but there's pieces of it that I'm also so incredibly grateful for because I like was able to do a lot of inward work through a lot of that trauma. Not something I really want to relive again, but I don't think that any of the roads in my life were by happenstance. I just wish some of them wouldn't have been that quick crooked and twisted but there's that and then this weekend very excited I have one of the very few pop-ups that I'm going to be doing this year House of W by Riley is not going anywhere but I want to do a lot more things that I want to do in terms of you know events and stuff like that so I'm always up for any custom work or you know still continuing to put things on social and everything but I want the podcast to grow and keep this wheel a churning So that has to be more time podcasting, less time doing pop-ups. But this weekend, Settle Down Easy Brewing is having me and a few other creators out there. Luxury Sparks Jewelry. I've done a few of events with the owner and she's amazing. And then also there's a new clothing boutique that's coming out that we're going to be out there with. And we have some goodies. We might have some raffle stuff. I'm also going to debut, I guess you could say, like in public or in pop-up world, um, the new vessels that I've been showing you guys on Instagram at House of W by Riley. Um, they have embedded crystals in them with crystals on top of them. So we just be crystalling out this bitch. So lots of good stuff. Um, that's going down on Saturday from noon to three 30. So I really hope you guys come out and we're just going to keep this ball rolling. So again, I always want to hear the feedback from you guys too. If you have an ask Riley, if you have a show me the ring, Anything you want to chat with me about, really, really podcast at gmail.com. And then on the socials, Riley Couture, Couture Like Juicy, C O U T U R E. And then House of W by Riley is the candle page. And then Really, Riley Podcast. So I love you guys so much for listening. Um, keep the suggestions coming. I like it. And if you will do me a fave, like, share, comment, and review the podcast for me, por favor. I love you guys longest, and I will talk to you tomorrow with uh, that very emotional, very important podcast. I appreciate you so much. Um, Have a great night. It's really Riley.